Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the DNBR Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of DNBR, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Dreams of Coming to you from Six Zero Studios, housed by Six Zero Strength and Fitness, or as we call this place these days, Six Zero Football Academy, down here in Centennial. Check it out, Six Zero Strength.com, or on Twitter and Instagram at Six Zero Academy. Um, we're really excited to bring in a title sponsor for McChesney Unchained. It will now be being brought to you by our friends at Return on Investment Training. Uh, Shane Mammon and his wonderful wife Nicole, who's a nutritionist are gonna be operating out of 6-0 now, and they are about as elite as they get. Shane's gonna be on the show a little bit later to talk about ROI and everything they bring to the table. Uh, so we're really excited to have Return on Investment Training in-house, uh, and Mr. Shane Mammon and his wife, uh, Nicole, in-house to help the Dungeon family and also uh, help all their clientele. You can follow Shane at Train40 on Instagram and figure out everything they're doing. So big ups to Return on Investment Training uh, for being the title sponsor on McChesney Unchained on the DNBR.com moving forward. Uh, we have a lot to talk about here today, and uh, I want to talk about the social issues first. Um, number one, the mask thing, it shouldn't be political, but it is. Uh, folks out protesting wearing masks in public, it should be on the business owner. If the business owner wants people to wear masks, then people should abide and wear masks. It doesn't have to be a race thing or a political thing. It's just a safety thing. And that's how I'm looking at it. I'm going to wear a mask in public and try and keep myself safe. Um, I think it's impossible to wear a mask when you're working out unless you want to hyperventilate. But 
Again, that's a, a bridge that people have to cross. I'm not making where guys wear masks in the gym unless we're doing yoga or we're just watching film. Um, so that is what it is. I don't think it's political. I think it's more of a safety thing. Uh, but what is political is, you know, what's going on. I mean, it's, it's ugly and it's getting uglier. And uh, I'm an independent. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I vote with my heart and in my head. And I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, but I can't, I don't know if I can, I can't vote for Trump. That's can't happen. And I also, you know, Biden slurs a lot. He looks like he's about to curl over. He's 77 years old. So I don't know, man, I, I'm very interested to see who Biden picks as a running mate so I can try and make some decisions here, but November's coming up quick and we will see. Um, it is what it is on that front. I mean, it, it, the debates and all of the gatherings are going to be really, really interesting. Uh, Arizona is already shut back down. Tennessee shut back down. I wouldn't be surprised if Texas and Florida shut back down. California shut back down. I pray to God that Colorado doesn't shut back down because I don't want to shut back down for a hundred more days. That would be terrible. Uh, it's already stressful enough. We've got a bunch of kids out here busting their ass and, you know, guys that are working hard for their opportunities and everything. And it's awesome to see, but it's also getting really stressful and I'm trying to get across to everybody the, the importance of each day and the importance of each moment. And some guys hear me and some guys don't. And, you know, with no football camps and, and no combines and no All-American combines and all that bullshit to test guys and see what they are, it's on individual camps around the country. Washburn just had a camp. Mason Maddox and Van Shield, two guys that are Dungeon Family, went out and had a really good day and performed well and both got offered. Congratulations, men. Van Shield's first, and Van's a really good player over at Rock Canyon. Um, Cam Jones got his first from Valparaiso. Caden Dollar got his first from this Colorado School of Mines. Anthony Cotty got his first from New Mexico State. Arian Burns bagged Air Force and Montana State, amongst others. Uh, Boise State, Braden Miller, CU in Nebraska, Caden Weatherby, CU, Michigan State, Nebraska, Arizona State, Avery Shonison, the outstanding linebacker, got New Mexico State, University of San Diego, uh, Pennsylvania University, and Ivy League School. We'll talk about the Ivies in a minute. Uh, Big James B, James Brayshaw got UNC, his first. He's killing it. Jordan Wolverton, a, a quarterback from Durango who's in the distance program, uh, got his from West Texas A&M. West Texas is coached by Hunter Hughes, who was a GA down at CU back in the day. Uh, Shea Owen Depot got Boise State, uh, which is a huge offer. Shea should definitely be up in Boulder if CU lets that kid out of Colorado. I'm going to be shocked. Caden Dudley bags Arizona, and honestly, Dudley was committed to CU back in the day, and I really hope that CU starts recruiting him hard again. You don't want to let that kid leave the state either. Uh, he's going to have a huge senior year. Don't be surprised if he's getting recruited just as hard at slot receiver as he is at DB moving forward. Wilson Clark, uh, the outstanding offensive lineman, bags South Dakota. He backed School of Mines, and he also got New Mexico State as well. So there's a lot of really good things going on with the Dungeon family. A lot of guys getting a lot of opportunities. It's awesome to see. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all we can do is control the controllables and get in the gym and work out and, and try and stay on top of everything. And that's what we're doing. So if you're a young guy out there and you're looking for help, um, just because the rest of the world is shut down doesn't necessarily mean that 6-0 is. Please reach out and let us help you down here. That's what we do. 
So, like I said, this is episode 73 of McChesney Unchained, brought to you by our good friends at Return on Investment Training. Check out uh, Shane and Nicole uh, Maimon's uh, company, at Train40 on Instagram. Uh, but really, come into the gym here at Six Zero and check out ROI. They're awesome. We're going to bring my man Shane on here next and talk about return on investment training and everything they bring before we talk about the NBA restart, the NFL, and Cam Newton signing with the Pats. And then we wrap up college football, talk about a potential spring league, the Ivy League playing only themselves potentially, how much power the college athletes really have, things of that nature. So, like I said, episode 73 is rolling, and uh, we are proud to bring on my man Shane Mammon here of Return on Investment Training. Shane, please tell us about ROI, Return on Investment Training, everything it brings to the table, how excited you are to be part of Six Zero Football Academy, Six Zero Strength and Fitness over here, and, uh, and tell a little bit about your, your past and where you're going in the future, my man. Awesome. First of all, thank you so much, Nick Chesney Nation. Uh, this is great to be a part of this exciting journey. Uh, my name is Shane, as Matt said, I am the CEO here of ROI Training, ROI Fitness. What we specialize in is the three pillars or foundational components of training. We focus on movement, nutrition, and recovery. Those three aspects help guide us to your proper programming, individual, individualized um, work is what we look for. So not everybody designs a cookie cutter program. We focus specifically on you as an individual, what you want to do, where you want to go, and we get you there and give you all the tools and resources. For me, uh, me personally, my wife and I are both in this business. She specializes on the nutrition end. I specialize on the strength and conditioning end and corrective work. Um, with that, we really just want to change people's lives. That is, that is why we're in this industry. Um, reason that it kind of comes to us um, back in my days, I was a former football player myself. Um, unfortunately, my story isn't all that, all that heroic, I guess, but I, uh, I broke a vertebrae in my back my senior year of high school, and that, uh, that ended my career abruptly. I had, a, um, I had some opportunity to go play ball at the next level. Where? Um, ah, just so heaven. I'm glad you asked. Um, the University of Nebraska. Go Buffs! Here we go. Go Big Red. And now we're working together, and I just, every, he wore red in here the other day, and I just cursed at him the whole time. Yeah. It, uh, it plays in my favor, though. I got a huge size advantage over Matt. Oh, so here this, we go. So this is, uh, um, no, that's, uh, that's kind of what got me here. Is it was a very unfortunate injury that, that changed the course of my life, but I want to make sure that I can have that ability so nobody else has to go through what I did. Um, you know, we believe specifically in investing in ourselves and our education. We do um, a different monthly certification between the two of us. And the reason we do that is so that we can give the confidence to our clients that we are the real deal. Uh, we work hard for what we do and, and we'll never work harder for our own people. So we are more excited about anything than partnering up with Six Zero here. Um, the work and the caliber that we see at Six Zero is second to none. These athletes are in here every single day grinding and busting and sweating and, and it is just inspiring to us as a company, but also to the other athletes that are in the room getting better and, and focusing on their next level and getting that college recruitment. And really Shane, what I'm so excited about here is you and I speak the same language, bro. So oh, yeah. when, when you sat down in here and you were talking about, you know, moving forward and starting your business and the journey in here after the COVID scare and all that bullshit, the first thing that attracted me to you and your business was leader. You're a leader. You want leaders. You want to make leaders. And you're looking for guys who really want to get better, not guys who just want to spend money. And that's exactly what I do. Absolutely. I'm all about investment. I'm not about spending money. So 
I guess I'm pretty excited about this. I think ROI is going to have a huge, bright future here at 6-0. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if you're in here training the fullbacks before it's all over with. Yeah. Uh, Shane, how do they get a hold of you and your wonderful wife, Nicole, who's our nutritionist now here at 6-0? Uh, how do they get a hold of you? How, email, website, all that shit. Get it out there so they know. And then all you got to do is come stop by 6-0 down here at 7101 South Fulton, Unit G and Centennial. And Shane will be here on the floor getting down. Absolutely. So the best way to reach us right now is we're getting set up on social media and getting our website going. Best way to catch us is by email, Shane, S-H-A-N-E, at ROIfitness.net. That is the best way to catch us. We are by appointment only. You can also reach us on Instagram, at ROIfitness. And then we do have a Facebook business page that's going to be popping up soon. That link will be provided on our Instagram page once we have that. So, episode 73 is now brought to you by our good friends at Return on Investment Training. That's ROI Training Systems down here at 6-0 Football Academy, 6-0 Strength. My man Shane and his wife Nicole are going to be part of the family here moving forward. So, we're pretty damn excited about it. Shane, welcome. Thanks for being part of the podcast and part of the facility. Uh, and we'll definitely uh, be talking to you soon and a lot. Thanks, brother. Absolutely. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And as we continue here on episode 73, me and my man Shane Mannion of ROI, Return on Investment Training, which is the title sponsor here from Chessing and Chain, uh, we're going to jump into the NBA restart. Now, I'm not going to get in depth about the National Basketball Association. That's not what I'm talking about. From a logistics standpoint, I don't see how in the Sam Hell this year should count like other years. For example, if somebody that doesn't have, if James Harden goes out and gets himself a championship, I can't even look at the COVID championship like I did the strike of 99 when Duncan and Robinson got theirs on a shortened season. At least they had to go on the road in the finals and win games. They had to beat the Knicks in the Garden. They had to beat the Jazz, you know, in Utah in the, in the Western Conference Finals. They had to beat Houston when they had Barkley and Elijah Wan and, all, and Pippen and all them boys. And they had to do it on the road in hostile environments. They just didn't play the first half of the season because of the, the uh, collective bargaining agreement and having it not signed after the 98 season. So if, if Houston or Dallas or one of these teams that has a, a superstar player on it, but they haven't won a title necessarily, goes out and wins this year, I don't know if I can look at that with the same kind of zest and zeal. I look at six titles by Jordan, five by Kobe, you know, the three finals by LeBron, but nine finals appearances. The Golden State Warriors and everything they did, even though they're down this year because of injury and COVID. Golden State was my team when I was growing up, and I don't even like them anymore. They won too much, and that sucks. And, I, you know, I, I, I do like them, but I don't at the same time. It's weird. I used to love fucking Chris Mullen. Ah, he's my guy. Give me the ball in the fucking post, drop step, hook shot. Good, Chris Mullen, yo. Um, but I, I'm looking at this like, some folks are looking at it like we're in a bubble, so that it's going to be all about coaching and playing, and there's not going to be any distractions. And I look at it like the distraction of the Boston Garden, or the distraction of the Staples Center, or the old LA Forum, or the distraction of the of Chicago Bulls Arena when Jordan was there, the distraction of United Airlines Center in Utah, and how fucking loud that place was back in the day, the distraction of the Pepsi Center when the Nuggets play there, the distraction of the Rose Garden when you go to Portland, the distraction of San Antonio's building, the distraction, yada, 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 yada. Not even talking about Toronto. 
the, the defending champions. I mean, Toronto is in a position where they want to play at home. They want people to come north in the fucking, you know, in, in the middle of summer and, and have to deal with, you know, all the logistics of that. And that's gone. So, Shane, give me your opinion on this as a guy who deals with, you know, high-quality athletes and high-quality personnel on a daily basis just like I do. Yes, there can be some advantages, but I think the the ability for an elite athlete or any athlete or anybody to overcome something, bring something out of them. And walking into another building you know is hostile and full gets your blood up. Walking into a fucking scrimmage in a gym with nobody in it, and they're telling you it's supposed to count for an NBA title or the NBA playoffs, I just, yeah, I'm excited to watch the basketball games, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's either really, really good or really, really shit. I, um, you know, I got to echo what you said. I, I fully agree, and it's not a popular opinion, but it's going to be really difficult to see positivity through basketball reopening if they do. Um, the risk versus reward, it's, it's too high. Um, there's a lot of athletes out there that have, um, have had this disease themselves. And then if you think about what that looks like going into other markets, like you're saying, the psychology of it is, is really what boils down to the beauty of sports. Um, being able to kind of get in your own mindset, get in your own, you know, own realm, Still remember the play, still remember what to do, but get yourself focused, get yourself driven, get that blood pumping, blood rolling. Um, losing that aspect of it controls so much of the game and teams use that to their advantage, um, much like you said. So I think it's gonna create um, too much of a dynamic that I agree, it's too difficult to get behind whoever were to win and say like, yeah, they were the best team that year. Well, I think, just think about it like this too. How many game sevens, how many road game sevens have have road teams won like one maybe maybe one or two in the history of game sevens and i'm talking about eastern conference western conference finals game sevens and finals games game sevens you don't go on the road and win in game seven often very 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 rare and usually the teams that win on the road in the finals win three one four two like the bulls always did michael jordan was in one game seven against the indiana pacers in 98 his last Eastern Conference Finals. It's one of the reasons why I think he is the GOAT, truly. And the, look, the, the, I love the 10-part the series, The Last Dance. I thought it was incredible. Even though it was a Jordan fluff piece, it was still incredible. Um, I can understand how Pippen and Horace Grant and those guys are a little perturbed because Pippen comes off looking like a straight bitch. And Horace Grant, I mean, there was a line that where Michael Jordan didn't let him eat after a game because he played so bad. That's pretty ridiculous. You know, I'm eating after the game. You can get fucked. I don't care who you are. Um, but, I, you know, I look at it as so much of, of an athlete's greatness isn't just how athletic they are and how good they are. It's what they do mentally when the, chat, when the chips are stacked. And leadership and athleticism and overcoming adversity, that's what makes – that's what every great athlete that I admire has overcome major fucking adversity, okay? Jordan, Elway, Muhammad Ali, guys like that. I mean, that's, those are my, maybe my three favorite of all time. And I'm looking, LeBron's up there. I love LeBron. I don't understand the argument between you have to pick LeBron or MJ. Where's Kobe in that mix? Yeah, I, I mean, what the fuck? Where are all the big guys? Where's the dream and Shaq and Wilt? And I, Trying to name a number one player in the NBA is ridiculous. It's like the best football player. It's position-wise. Exactly. You can't. I mean, it's like trying to argue, in my opinion, Walter Payton or Barry Sanders. It's impossible. You can't do that. 
two completely I mean, different it, players. You can you can say, well, Peyton won a Super Bowl title, and you can also say that well, okay, Barry went for two thousand. Yeah. So it's and Barry had his career was cut way too short. And he, he didn't want to play anymore. Yeah. He was in fucking Detroit that whole time. Yes. Can you imagine if Barry Sanders had? Emmett Smith's offensive line. Oh my God! It, if he had Larry Allen and Mark Stefanski and Eric Williams and Nate Newton Nate, and Mark Tuane and Novacek and fucking Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and all these other dudes, yeah. he, God knows he would have gone for three thousand, dude. Yeah. Some of those holes that Emmett was running through was like a fucking you could drive drive a semi through the shit. Yeah. So again, competition is what makes great athletes great. Adversity and overcoming it is what makes great athletes great. And I'm telling you, if some, if, if one of these guys that doesn't have a ring comes out this year and wins the COVID NBA championship, that's great. But all you really did was win a bunch of scrimmage games at, at a local environment in Orlando where there is no adversity other than the virus. And if the bubble is secure, then there is no virus or adversity. Yes, guys, we're going to test positive. That's the other thing. If we get to game seven of the finals and the three best players can't play because they all test positive from COVID, I'm... It's an opportunity for the other guys, but holy shit, that is not what we're looking for. It, it's a no-win across the board. It's a total no-win. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I, I do see a circumstance, Shane, where we are looking at the NBA being persecuted in the middle of doing this for reopening too fast instead of just canceling the season and being safe. Because if, if guys start getting sick and, and uh, an upward swing or one of these older coaches gets sick and, sick and dies... The narrative is going to change really fucking fast. So, I mean, honestly, one of the worst parts to it is, you know, the part that we never want to think of in sports is the injury reality. What if one of these guys gets injured during this time? You know, it, everybody knows, and to your point, it's it's going to be a different title, whether it has an asterisk or not. Um, you know, are, are players really going to risk um, their health and their um they're basically a I, I just form. can't believe that they're risking that with this much guaranteed money in the bank already. Totally. Yeah, that's I, it, there's only 12 guys, okay? So let, let me, let, let's talk about this. There's 50-some-odd roster spots on an NFL team, okay? League minimum these days is around 600 grand, I think, or less, okay. which ain't shit. No. It's not shit. Yeah. And, and honestly, I'm not trying to rub it in people's faces, but I make more money now than I did when I was playing football, okay? It's just the way it is. Yeah. In basketball, though, there's 12 guys. They make way more fucking money than the NFL does. And the the athletes are way more uh, marketable because they're not wearing a fucking helmet and shoulder pads. And there's less of them. And they're better athletes, period. You take the top 20 athletes from the NBA and put them in the NFL, and God fucking knows what they're doing on the field. You take the top 20 athletes from the NFL and put them in the NBA, and none of them can even play point guard. They think they can maybe dunk it, get a hoop dunk or something, but they're not going out there to play. It's just not happening. The NBA is a sport. Basketball is a sport where you've got to have God-given tangible things that you can't just teach. I can't make LeBron LeBron. He came out the womb that way. So, I mean, so my, my, I guess my point is the NFL has two has all these dudes so you don't make as much money. The NBA, the league minimum in the NBA is like fucking $7 million. The last guy on the bench is making minimum seven million bucks. Damn. Okay, and if you're a, if you're a player, put it like this: like uh, what was the what was the uh, how did they equate this? It was the six man for the Clippers, Jamal Crawford. I think it's the six man still there. I can't remember who it is. Or no, Patrick Beverly, the fucking the the shooting guard for the Clippers. And the point guard for the Clippers who's the lockdown defender, okay? And he's he's like a swing guy. He's a defender. He's a six-man. And he makes $21 million a year. 
Jeez. That's what quarterbacks make in the NFL. Yeah, That's what Flacco made. Yeah. So when you're looking at it and you're making that kind of bread, why in the Sam hell do you need to come back right now and sacrifice all this in Orlando? Yeah, there's no like I, I want to watch the games, but I don't want to watch it to the point where it's 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 not quality because of fear. I and I think that that's going to happen. That's what you sacrifice. Um, pushing out there, I think you're spot on. So, I guess we'll see. The NBA restarting is awesome. I, I'm excited to see the games, but I'm also extremely uh, worried about it. You know, the, the players, you're seeing what's important right now. Money is more important than health. And I can't sit here and say that I'm any different. I'm at work right now. So, if I thought that my health was more important than the financials or my landlord would let me not play, pay the fucking rent, then I'd probably be sitting at home trying to keep myself healthy. But... In this country, we've tried, we're trying to monetize the difference between a healthy economy and a healthy uh, citizenship, and it's just not going to happen. You're gonna, either going to have a sick economy and healthy people, or, or sick people and a relatively healthy economy. But the thing is, the economy can't operate if people aren't operating it. So, I'm just saying, the United States is playing with fucking fire, to say the least. So, the NBA is showing their what motivates them and they're rationalizing some pretty stupid shit and it's very similar to the united states right now in my opinion they're rational football's no different we're going to talk about them in a minute they're rationalizing safety for money and i do the same thing every day just not at a hundred million dollars that so hear me out on one quick thought here what if hypothetically we did one shortened season like nba street players can pick their own teams three on three all go What's the difference in the safety thing? Three on three, you set them up in a park, let them play, just like NBA Street, the game. I mean, I'd be cool watching it, but no rules. They can you can pick any team. I'd be I I was I think I'd be cooler with that than what they're trying to do now. Totally. totally. What they're trying to do now. So look, man, I can't say this enough. So much of the NBA playoffs is where you're playing. Oh yeah. And if everyone's just playing in fucking Orlando at Walt Disney World and there's no home court whatsoever, who gives a shit who the one seed is and the eight seed is? Everyone's just a fucking dude in Orlando right now. Who cares? So I, I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't mind a changeup, but it's not happening this year. People want to finish. LeBron seems to think that the Lakers have a chance to win the title, and they probably do. The Clippers have a chance to win the title, and they probably do. Yeah. I like Toronto in the East. I think they're going to be a hard out. Toronto's going to be tough to beat. They're going to be a hard out. But at the same time, it all comes down to the day, and yep. we'll see. Yep. There's not going to be a lot of guys out at the bars and chasing ass at the strip clubs in northern Florida, which are monumentally awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's good. At least you're going to have focus players, or they're going to be really pissed off. I don't know. Will Chamberlain banged himself about 10 million women and he was pretty good so if you take away all the bang bang is he still that good one never knows so yeah. we shall see um all right so national football league moving into this uh on episode 73 mcchesney and chain brought to you by our good friends at roi return on investment training my man shane merriman and his wife nicole who operate out of six zero strength six zero football academy here come check us out 73 roles with the nfl so the national football league also I saw yesterday that they're going to start, you know, potentially making fans sign waivers if they want to come to the stadium. Um, football is a goddamn TV sport. Sit your ass at home and be healthy. Because the last thing I want is an outbreak in the stands and they have to shut down the fucking field because of the stands. 
Again, I don't necessarily want games played in front of no stand and fans because it takes away the home field advantage thing, but at least they're going to be traveling. Right. At least they have to travel and play. Again, I don't know how the hell they're going to keep everybody healthy. I don't know how they're going to keep everybody from testing positive. The, the guys I have in here are all linemen and front seven guys, and Shane's a fullback. I'm a defensive lineman, offensive lineman. All we do is leave with our face and smash, and that's it. And God knows how many spit I've swapped with guys in the, in the, in the past. I've been spit on before, been spit at. I've spit at people. I mean, the shit is nasty out there. It's not a nice guy game, which is one of the reasons why I'm so fucking hard on everybody in here. You, know, you can be a really nice guy and play high school football in Colorado and get a lot of high fives, but when we get to the college football level and I stick my foot in your fucking ass, I don't care where you're from, the high five ain't going to get you nowhere. The nice guy shit ain't going to get you nowhere. You're going to have to have some fucking stones and be able to stand up to the monster. You can't just get on Twitter and vilify him. So it's the NFL, again, thinks that they just, they're tax exempt. They're just like a religion. It's fucking ridiculous. They think they're above the law. And you know what? They might be. The NFL might be a fuck above the fucking law. They changed the narrative on Colin Kaepernick so fast, I almost fucking fell over. He went from a pariah that no one wants to back in the NFL to Roger Goodell sitting in his fucking living room saying everybody was wrong and we should take a knee. And now people that aren't taking knees are getting persecuted. I'm so goddamn confused. I don't know what to do with myself anymore. You can't be right. You can't be wrong. You can't be in the middle. Fuck, seems like we can't be at this point. Um, not everybody's going to take a knee. Yeah. Just saying, That's like, I, I, if I was in that situation, it'd be really hard for me to take a knee because of the history. But at the same time, it'd be really hard for me not to take a knee, too. So I'm torn on this big time. I'm glad I don't have to do it. Yeah. Really glad I'm not going to any games, so I'm not going to be in the stands fucking taking a knee. Trust me, no one gives a shit if you're in the stands doing either. Trust me. The guy who's getting the fucking beer when the when the national anthem's being sung and then comes out and criticizes somebody taking the knee. Fuck boy, you were just buying a beer. Shut up. So I, I'm really glad I don't have to make this decision on the field and I don't I don't know what to think about this anymore. It's more political than it ever has been. And now if you don't take a knee, you don't support your teammates and the cause, which I support one hundred percent. And to be completely honest with everyone, the United States of America should be very, very, very happy that all the African-American community wants is equality and not revenge. Because if they wanted revenge, it would be fucking war in the streets. And I know some of you asshole redneck motherfuckers out there want war in the streets, but you don't really. You're just a tough guy in World of Warcraft. You're not really tough, bro. You're a punk. You're the kind of punk that won't let other people live in the same country you live in and beat the drum for. So if you're not going to allow them to have the same, the same kind of life structure and rules and, and equality that you have, well, that makes it very un-American to me. And it makes me feel like you're not un-American, even though you're beating the American drum. So it can't go both ways. And I don't know, man. You're a Midwestern American guy. I, I know you love your country. You grew up. You grew up hard. I'm. I'm from from Santa Cruz, California, and then Boulder, Colorado. I grew up in a trailer, on a ranch, blue collar. I see both sides. The NFL's got a real sticky problem with that, and a real sticky problem with COVID. And I don't know the answer to either. 
to be completely honest with you. Yeah, for me, honestly, um, I'm right there with you. I understand both sides. I think it was, <clears throat> honestly, I think it was JJ Watt. I feel like he said it best. Um, you know, it, now's not a time that we try to worry about the flag. Now's the time that we worry about our society and, and getting our, our people together. It's not about the flag either. It, exactly, yeah. So I mean, like, how many times do you need to hear, you know, African-American leaders in this situation say, hey, Donald and cronies, it's not about the goddamn flag. The only way we could get your attention yeah. is to fucking do it then. And it works. It works. It's just like, like for example, if I have a client and I'm texting the client and the father 15 times and they don't respond. And my next text is, yo, if you don't get a hold of me pretty soon, I'm done with this shit. I can't do my job unless you do your end. Yeah. Figure out if you want to be a part of this anymore. And then you get a hold of me. Yeah. Well, that's because I just threatened your ass. So if that's what I had to do to get you to respond, then goddammit, at least you responded and we can move forward. So, ah, man, this is fucking tricky. It's tricky. This is tricky, tricky, tricky. And and there's right, look, the players are right. Mm -hmm. They are, absolutely. They're right, but they have to, and like, I'm not saying understand, they shouldn't understand, but they have to understand. It's weird that the fans like, it's almost good that they're not around this year, almost. Like, if the NFL's gonna lose fans for a year, this is the year to do it. Because I'm tired. I am so sick and fucking tired from college football to the NFL, to the NBA, to Major League Baseball. I'm not gonna say hockey as much because hockey is a bunch of white dudes, pretty much. I'm tired of dudes in this country rooting for African-American athletes, the jersey, the shoes, the fucking, the everything. You, he's your favorite player on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, he's just another guy. He's just another black guy out there. For all you fucking rednecks who think that there's a difference. I mean, do we have to get attacked by aliens for shit to actually, for us to come together? I just don't understand it. I don't, it, it's, and I brought this up in the past and I'll bring it up again. At the Richmond rally a couple of years ago in 2017, where fuckboy Donald Trump came out and said there were good people on both sides. So there's American protesters on this side, and then there's American Confederate Confederacy guys and Nazis on this side. These guys over here aren't good people. These guys over here are assholes. David Duke's on this side over here. That guy's a fucking leader of the KKK guy. He's not a good person, you racist asshole Donald. By the way, just real quick, if you're going to get mad at me for having a political opinion, I've already lost three clients because their dads doesn't want their kids in here because I'm not a Trump supporter. Kick fucking rocks, idiot. This country is built on people disagreeing with each other. So if you can't have a conversation with me, seems to me that every time I bring stuff up, people get really mad at me about it. If you can't have a conversation, that's your fucking problem, not mine. I'm putting everything out, out there on the table. So when you, when you go full circle on this goddamn problem, what's the answer? It Honestly, like how, how can you how can you be one of these guys down in Richmond waving a Confederate flag, wearing a Nazi T-shirt with fucking Jordans on? You think maybe you're a little confused, idiot? I th yeah, I think part of the biggest problem is we we're um, not we personally, but but everyone around is focusing on the two extreme sides. Um, everybody lives in that common ground, and that's where we need to to understand is uh, we're humans, we're Americans. Um, that's what's first. Uh, a color shouldn't define who we are over being an American in this country. Um, at some juncture, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought we were based on freedom. I thought um, we were too. Yeah. I, I, look, I'm naive for saying this, but 
But I thought we were over this shit. Yeah. And yeah, as a totally white right. as a white guy, I'm naive for saying I said it twice. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm glad I'm waking up to how just bad this is because it's terrible. It's horrible. It's, it's terrible. terrible. It can't be both ways. Yeah. It, it, people have got to put down all the the negativity and animosity of the past that was taught to you. It can be untaught. Absolutely. Just because you're an alcoholic doesn't mean you can't get, put it down and stop being a drunk. If you're a drug addict, you can pull out of that and get better and, and overcome it. If you're a racist asshole, you can. And you don't have to repeat, you know, a, a, a way of thinking that has been taught to you over and over and over again, repeat it to your kids and their kids, so on and so forth. So things have got to change. And I think that the NFL can be the point of the spear here moving forward. So it does. I truly believe that, Shane. I do. I do. All right. So we'll, we'll wrap up the NFL talk, talking about Cam Newton. Cam Newton goes to the Patriots, all right? He gets a one-year incentive lace deal. There's a lot of people pissed off out there that career backup is what I heard this morning. First of all, if you're a media member and you've never played, he's just a football player. We don't write shitty reporter on the beginning of your fucking, your paragraph that you post on your blog. We just, you just write your name and you're a reporter. You don't need to say career backup about Chase Daniel. That's fucking disrespectful. Chase Daniel's making close to 20 million bucks as a backup. Cam and I think Cam and Jameis Winston's contracts together are like 11 million total. Now, Cam's coming off two major injuries and really bad play. And Jameis Winston's coming off a season where he threw 35 fucking interceptions. And yeah, he took a major hit financially to go sign with New Orleans, but he also was a first round pick and made a lot of money up to that point. And he's trying to put himself in position to move forward and show that he can kind of eat a little bit of a shit and then handle it and go be the starter after Drew Brees leaves. So I don't really think it's the same thing. Chase Daniels been a reliable backup in this league for a long time. That's what backups make. Um, Cam's coming off injury, and ja and Jameis is coming off thirty-five picks. So he also had thirty-five touchdowns, but kind of evens about. Let's just say zero. Um, do I think it's a little shitty? Yeah, it looks shitty from the outside in. I mean, the NFL is the, is the organization that needs to have a fucking Rooney rule so minorities actually get opportunities. So that, that can definitely be talked about. I mean, it's not, it's not a wrong topic. People aren't wrong when they bring this up, talking about, you know, the inequalities in pay. So neither here nor there, Cam incentives could it make about $8 million. Jared Stenham, the guy they drafted in the fourth out of Auburn last year, went to Auburn to become Cam Newton. That's what he said when he got there. And he's a good player, but he's not their starter. Cam's going to be their starter if he's going to get signed like this, unless he gets hurt. And I think that this could be potentially awesome for New England. I played for Josh McDaniels. I know what they're going to do. They're going to line up with multiple fullback and two tight ends and hammer the fuck out of people and play play action off of it and let Cam be an athlete. And I think Cam Newton being around Belichick and McDaniels and that system, I think he will learn how to truly play the quarterback position from the pocket. Because he's, he's so damn athletic and he's so good at evading and he's so good in the open field that after his first and second read, sometimes he just takes off. He doesn't have this, the same progression that Tom Brady, you saw from Tom Brady, just just that, that straight one, two, three, the ball's gone to the check after that and we're moving. Cam has a really hard time finding the check down. I know that Christian McCaffrey led all the running backs with receiver, receiving yards and catches last year, but it was from a backup quarterback. So I think this could be the best thing possible for Cam Newton. 
And it's the first time in NFL history that a, an MVP is replacing an MVP starting quarterbacks. And if he's healthy, he picked a division opposite of the NFC South. The NFC South is stacked as fuck. They got quarterbacks at every team. They got good defenses. They got pass rushers and wild buildings, so on and so forth. The AFC East, I played in that division for the Jets and Dolphins, is trash. It's trash. And it's been ran by the Patriots since the day Tom walked in. And I wouldn't be surprised if Cam's healthy if they win the fucking East next year. Just, I, I would expect to see smash mouth football in New England. I think this is a great move for Cam Newton. Shane, thoughts? I absolutely agree. Um, I've been a big Cam Newton fan since Auburn. Um, thought that he's he's been just one of those stellar athletes that shows great composure um, from the start to the finish of the game. Um, one of the things that I wonder here for you, Matt, is who do you think has the most at stake here? Tom, Bill, or Cam? Uh, Cam. Cam's never won a ring. It's true. You know, Belichick has a couple as an assistant, nine appearances as a head coach and six Super Bowl titles. Brady has nine appearances and six Super Bowl titles. They don't have to prove shit. Yeah. Tom Brady is... The Super Bowl's in Tampa. I'm hoping that Tampa makes the Super Bowl because Ryan Jensen plays center for him. And he's part of the Dunge family in here, guy I've been working with for 10 years. I'd love for Ryan to get a ring, especially playing with Tom Brady. That's pretty cool. But don't be surprised if there's, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing New England, Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Talk about storylines, that'd be fucking nuts. But I, I doubt it happens. But at the same time, New England's good enough to do it. Their team's great. Tom Brady's a good player, but remember, in 2008, the year that Tom Brady tore his ACL opening week against Kansas City, when the Dolphin team I was on won the East, they, they won 11 games with Matt Castle and didn't make the playoffs. And Matt Castle made himself about $20 million a year after that for about seven years. Went to Kansas City as a starter, blah, but didn't work out. So Castle wasn't that great in, in, unless he was in that system. Cam Newton is really fucking good and very athletic and has won a lot of games and an MVP and played in the Super Bowl. Starting the Super Bowl, where the Broncos ruined him, by the way. And I'm not saying that I want him to be successful. I don't like the Patriots. I despise them. I'm a Jet, Dolphin, and a Bronco. You're not going to find three fan bases and teams that hate those motherfuckers more. <laughs> but I do want to see good football, and I do want to see Cam resurge. I want to see him come back. I don't like the fact that after that game, he fell off a cliff, and everybody thinks he's a bust now. He's far from a bust. He just got hurt. So it's really hard to do what you do when your body's killing you all the time and you rely on your body to work. Trust me, I know. So I'd like to see Cam be successful in New England, but only to a point, not more successful than the boys uh, down in Gang Greenland with the Jets. The Dolphins can go suck one. But the, I definitely want the Broncos and the Jets to beat up on New England next, next year. And, we, and the Broncos get New England and Foxborough, and the Jets get them twice, as we know. So moving on. Episode 73 of McChesney Unchained, brought to you by our good friends at ROI, Return on Investment Training. My man, Shane Mammon, and his wife, Nicole, operating out of 6-0 Academy down here and killing it. Shane, say hi to the people and tell them how they can get a hold of you. What's up, folks? Shane here. Um, like Matt said, I'm CEO over at ROI Fitness. Best way to catch us right now is on Instagram or email. Email is Shane, S-H-A-N-E at ROIfitness.net. We are appointment only. You can also find us on Instagram at ROIfitness. That is under works, but we will have that up and running pretty soon here. All right, so episode 73 rolls and we're almost done. Bringing you a little bit of this hot fire from Six Zero Studios. Over at Six Zero Football Academy, 7101 East, or uh, 7101 South Fulton, uh, down here, Unit G in Centennial. Check it out, 60strength.com. All right, so lastly, college football. 
Um, I've heard a lot of rumors that they're going to play in the spring. The Ivy League just came out and said that they are potentially going to move their their uh, football schedule to the spring and only play an Ivy League schedule seven games, which that would suck for the kids, but it is what it is. Um, I've also heard that Power Fives will only pay, play Power Fives. A lot of conference realignment talk because of this. I can see it happening if everything goes in the shit tube, for sure. Um, I, I guess, look, this is my thing. If all these college football players who don't get paid for what they do, which is ridiculous, and they're out, like, for example, at Texas A&M, I saw a video of uh, some college football players, African-American players, standing and protesting the, I think it was a, the John Calhoun statue at Texas A&M, I think, who is a known bigot and racist and was a KKK member. And then you've got the older white Texas A&M fan standing in front of the statue, and they're fighting back and forth about the relevance of the statue. And the older fan says to the guy, are you an Aggie or a Blackie? And I wanted to punch the TV. I don't know how the restraint happened on the other side. I don't know how they didn't just whip this old dude's ass. But that's what they're dealing with down there. So my question is simple, and it's just two-part. Number one, and I'm not going to answer this question. I'm going to let Shane talk. And we're going to wrap the show up because I want you to think about this. Why, if you're an African-American athlete or any athlete, I've got a guy in here, Trey Zoom, committed to Texas A&M, and I'm going to talk to him about this. Why would you go and support that down there? Especially if you're an African-American athlete and you're a highly coveted one, and you're a three, four, five-star kid, and you're getting a lot of offers from the down south schools. I mean, I'd be, you'd be hard to get me on that campus, is all I'm saying knowing the history and knowing what's happening right now and the history is not changing. It seems like we're walking backwards. And then second, how long are these kids going to sit around, not form a college football players union and not demand that they get paid equal compensation for what they're bringing in? Not just some fucking stipend check or 3,500 bucks a month, equal compensation, equal fucking compensation, a college football CBA, collective bargaining agreement. If they don't see how much power they have now just by the protests and getting buildings renamed and getting shit changed at Kansas State and Oklahoma State and so on and so forth, Clemson all the way down the line, if they don't see that now, they're blind. They don't, or they don't want it. Stop playing, lock arms, demand equality financially, and a lot of this other shit that you see will change. It's amazing what happens in the NFL where you're on equal footing financially or making more money than the, than the coaches and the general manager and how they can't bully the players, how they can't make them do shit that they don't want to do. How can they tell these kids to come back to campus and involve themselves with what's going on on campus and subject themselves to possibly getting sick and the people are testing positive everywhere. 14 guys just tested positive today in Oklahoma. 20 of them in Alabama, 14 at Clemson, something the list goes on and on and on. And the majority of them are asymptomatic, so they don't even know. Those kids aren't getting paid, they're getting a fucking stipend check. And you are actually saying, and, and all this voluntary talk is hilarious to me. There's no such thing as voluntary workouts. If you don't go to workouts or you don't come in, you're not going to play. So they're fear-mongering these kids even more. They're making them pick between what happens if one of these kids goes home on break, they're sick, and they infect mom and dad, and mom and dad dies? Whose fault is that? At some point, fault has to fucking matter. And I, I just, I really want everybody to think about this. The NFL and the NBA, those guys are getting paid millions of dollars to do that. They're going to have to make that decision and monetize it financially. College football, they're not making dick. All the, the athletic directors, the coaches, and the, and the colleges are making all the money. 
And they're making it from TV deals. So even at the T, even if you play on TV, the stands could be fucking empty. They're still making their bread. And these kids are are being lied to, number one, and they're being put in a situation that's unwinnable. It's unwinnable. I mean, are you soft if you don't want to play? There's some can't count. That's the way coaches think, though. Yeah, totally. uh, he doesn't really love football. No, I just don't want to get some deathly fucking disease. Yeah. That the whole world's scared about, and here in the United States, where we literally chew on rocks for lunch, okay, because we're dumb as a box of fucking rocks at times, we're, we think it's a hoax. Yeah. There's actually people out here that don't think it's real. I mean, it's. I mean, holy shit! It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Ah, that COVID shit ain't real. My Uncle Bob works at the CDC. He's the fucking janitor, but he works there. He overheard some fucking doctor uh, in the bathroom. Uh, talking about how they just think that this is only going to affect old people. Shit, I'm only 57, and I got diabetes, and uh, diabetes, diabetes. And, and, and on top of that, I'm hypertension. I've had three heart attacks, but I feel young. Shit. COVID's a fucking hoax. It's a joke. Shit. Give me a fucking break. All right, so, like we said, this is episode 73. It was hot and spicy the way it's fucking supposed to be. McChesney and Change is brought to you from now on until the end of time, as far as I'm concerned, by our good friends at ROI, Return on Investment Training. Shane, tell them about ROI one more time before we get out of here. Unchained Nation, ROI. We are Return on Investment Fitness. What we focus on is the three pillars of fitness, movement, nutrition, and recovery. We incorporate all of those into our program designs, which are structured individually. Nothing is ever cookie cut. No two people are ever on the same program. We focus on you, the individual, and getting you to that next level and letting you see the return on investment. We are individuals that have been in this business for over 10 years apiece. We focus solely on educating ourselves month by month, month over month, getting new certifications so that you guys have the confidence to invest in us to see the returns that you all desire. All right, so reach out to Shane, reach out to the guys over here at Six Zero, myself included, uh, and we can help you and listen to the beginning of the show. We'll talk about all those kids that have been offered and opportunities and so on and so forth. So uh, stay safe. Stay sane, try and love each other out there a little bit more, uh, and keep pushing for your goals, man. Don't ever let anybody tell you what you can't do. And remember, a lot of these folks out here that are hard on you, they just think that you have a lot inside. So remember that. I'm only hard on you because I think you have a whole lot to give. That was episode 73 of McChesney Unchained, brought to you by our good friends at ROI, housed here by 6-0 Football Academy. I am your host, Matt McChesney. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can always check this out at thednvr.com, at Sixer Academy on Twitter and Instagram for your boy. And uh, episode 74 will be hot and spicy next week after July 4th. Be safe, stay out of big groups, wear your masks so we can have football season. Later, guys.